We're so glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message from Bethel Worship Center. Uh, We pray that it blesses you wherever you are in your faith journey. Uh, We do want to let you know that we are open. Our campus is open. Uh, We invite you to go to bwccamden.com. You can find out everything that we're offering right now at this time and in this season. So make sure to, to, to go there and find the ways that you can stay up to date with everything happening at Bethel Worship Center. But again, Uh, Wherever you are in your faith journey, whether you are uh, exploring more about faith, learning who Jesus is, learning about God, uh, you're new in your walk with Jesus Christ, or you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, we pray that today's message blesses you, it encourages you, it equips you. So God bless you. Thank you again for taking part. The stage looks a lot more beautiful up here right now, doesn't it? That's for sure. Uh, y'all notice my new shirt. I appreciate that. Uh, no, I, it's such an honor to have uh, Judy here with me uh, on this day. And, uh, and today we're going to uh, spend some time talking about uh, faith and what it means to live uh, by faith. And uh, uh, when I first came here, uh, we brought a lot of the drama skits that we had done in school. And one of my favorites was one uh, that uh, was talking about faith. And it was a man, some of you may have participated in it, some of you may remember, but it's a man who's climbing a mountain, you know, he's climbing the rope there, and all of a sudden he slips and he begins to fall, and he's, he's swinging there, and he cries out with a loud voice, and he says, can somebody help me? Is there anybody there who can help help me. And all of a sudden this loud booming voice, you know, the voice of God speaks like the thunder and says, I can help you. And you're like, and the, he, the man's like, who is this? Who, who can help me? I am God. God, I am so thankful you are here. I'm so thankful that, you know, I cried out to you and here you are. Uh, you, you're here to help me in this moment of time and, and moment of trouble. I'm so thankful to you. And, and, and God, I just thank you for saving me. And the man's so excited. And God says, I need you to do one thing for me. And the man said, sure, God, whatever you say, do you trust me? Yes, God, I trust you with everything. I need you to do this. I need you to let go of the rope. And there's this long pause. And the man turns and he says, he looks up and he says, is there anybody else up there who can help me? That is a faith that is misunderstood, right? Uh, And and oftentimes faith is misunderstood and and misrepresented. And today I want to give us a clear picture of uh, of what, uh, not just saying I have faith, but what it means to live out that faith in Jesus Christ. And the best place to get that information is in God's Word. And uh, and so I've got some verses here that we're going to run through. Uh, to hopefully build a, a strong and good foundation for us. Hebrews 11 and 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Substance, evidence. I want you to know today, my faith, there, I, I, these things not seen, I know are a reality because I have experienced them in my life. I know today that Jesus loves me. I know that he has forgiven me for my sins. And I know that he died on the cross for us. And I know that he rose, uh, rose again in power. The evidence is everywhere. And I know that he is coming back for us one day. And we will be with him forever and ever. And there's a day coming where there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness. None of those things. That is where our faith is established today. 
And, uh, and so we, we, uh, it may not be seen, but we know it is reality because it's revealed to us in the Word and through the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed by God's command. This is a very important uh, mindset uh, of how you live, our, live your life. You either believe that you are a global accident and you are just uh, particles that just happen to be together. And if that's the case, then you can live in a Darwinian existence where it is survival of the fittest and, and whatever it may be. But the Bible tells us that each and every one of us, we were created in the loving image of God. We are a reflection of him. And even though we sin, he gave it Jesus so that we could have new new life in him in our lives as well. And so uh, if you if you don't do it now, but you can go to the YouTube there and you can look up a preacher named S.M. Lockridge and he talks about in where did God come from and he talks about how God stood on nothing because there was nowhere to stand and he took the, the uh, his hand and he bespeckled the, st- uh, the sky with the stars there and he looked at it and he said, that is good, okay? I encourage you to, he says it much better than me, okay? Okay. Uh, if you've ever seen That's My King video, that's the guy that we're talking about here. Um, Ephesians 2.8 says that we are saved through grace by what? Faith. By faith. We have been saved not of our own being. It is the grace of God that has saved us. Uh, Hebrews 11.16 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. When I read this verse... I am so thankful for his patience with us in this, right? You remember the man that was going to get, having Jesus go to, uh, to heal his daughter. And he told him, you know, nothing is impossible uh, with God. And, and, uh, and, he's, and, and Jesus said, if you believe, you know. And the man said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Sometimes we may find ourselves in that places. But we always have to default into our faith to believe what God has said to us and revealed to us in his word. Uh, we're, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, that we are to uh, uh, live by faith and not by sight. Right now, our sight, we can see a lot of things happening in this world, right? A lot of things that are going on. But there is another sight that we have, and that comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from the revelation of the Word of God. And we know that ultimately He has all things in His hand, and we know ultimately He has the end in His hand as well, which will be us being with Him forever and ever. Matthew 17 and 20 says, if uh, we have faith of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. That is a very tiny seed. And so for anybody in here today, you may be some facing some mountains in your life. I want you in this week and even today begin to plant some seeds of faith, believing God is going to be able to move whatever obstacle is in your way because of his great power and his love for you. Uh, James 1 and 3 says faith, uh, that faith is tested. Our faith is tested. And when it's tested, it is an opportunity for our endurance to grow. We become more mature. We become more like Christ Jesus. Does anybody like going through trials? We don't like that, but we know that God does not leave us in those moments and that he brings us through. And many times the things that we have gone through in life, when someone else is experiencing, we're able to say to them, we're not just, we don't just have sympathy for them. We're able to have empathy for them and say, I know well God brought me through this and I know he can bring you through as well. James 2 and 7 said that uh, faith uh, by itself isn't, isn't enough. It must produce good deeds. Without It is dead and 
useless. So if we have faith in Christ, then there's going to be some level of evidence that we are living out that faith because of uh, the, the, the fruit that's being, the good deeds that's being produced in our lives. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to grow your faith? I want to grow my faith. We need to be reading the Word. You ever spent some, had some uh, days and weeks where things got crazy and you didn't have any time in the Word? You know, it, 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 you, can, you say, I just don't feel right. You know, I need, I need my faith to be stirred some more. I need to be reading. And, and there's something about what a beautiful sight to see all of us in here today uh, in this house today because we are a gathering people. We are meant to gather. And there is something about faith that is exercised when we are here together sharing and encouraging uh, one another. And 1 Corinthians 13 says these three remain faith, hope, and love. Uh, this is the trinity of how we are to live our lives, and we know that the greatest of this is love. And, and, and real quickly, I, I want to, uh, Pastor David, these last three messages uh, on how we go through struggles, they, they have just been incredible uh, uh, preaching and teaching. And, uh, and I want to tie into some of that as well, that, that, that to remind us that we, we can use struggles as an opportunity for God to transform us. In fact, that's what he does. Those moments and times are the times that we are transformed by him. And it's in those moments and times that we activate faith, right? We, we begin to, you know, not shrink back. We, can, we say, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I'm in the middle of a storm, but I know that you are with me. And that faith is activated uh, there. Uh, and we, uh, when the things hoped for and not seen are not taking place, we continue to have our faith and hope in him. And James chapter 1 and verse 12 says that when we have uh, uh, troubles of any kind, I love the way James says that, consider it pure joy. I'll be honest with you, I know that verse. That's not my first response. I have to default back to it, right? So we, we always default back to who we are called uh, to be. And, uh, and, you know, he says, consider it an opportunity. So when we go through a trial or something like that, we have to remind ourselves, God, I know you're going you're gonna to make work all things together for, them who, for those who love the Lord. So my trust and my hope and faith is in you. It gives us a chance to not just activate, activate faith, but exercise faith. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse uh, uh, 16, it said, to make the most of every Every opportunity. Hopefully I have that up there. Okay. All right. Ephesians. Uh, if you got anything in Ephesians, throw it up there. Uh, all right. Well, I, I checked it four times. Okay. All right. It may even have the wrong verse listed there. Okay. All right. Here we go. We'll go on to Galatians then. Uh, we want to have a mindset of faith as well. Uh, and in Galatians, uh, in the I know I got Galatians. Throw it up there for me. All right. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should be, we should be all about blessing one another, encouraging one another, lifting one another up, not tearing people down. We want people to be lifted up in Christ Jesus. And so if that has been your mindset, today is the day to break off that negativity and break Take off that, uh, the, all of those uh, negative things in your life and have a mindset that you, know, you may have to remind yourself, okay? And, and I know I do. You have to remind yourself. But this is an opportunity for, for me to activate, to receive the faith of God released in my life, to impact others with the love of Jesus Christ. And doing, uh, when we have opportunity, we want to do good to those that are around us, especially those who are part of the body of believers. And what we are doing there is we are living out our faith. 
I talked for a long time, didn't I? I no, no, no. I'm going to let Miss Judy come on, take over for a second here and share with us. No, he can just keep on going. Okay. Um, when he was saying that, y'all, a minute ago about the stage looking better, I actually thought he was talking about you. Y'all, I can't tell you from this perspective. I know Frontline, you can, how awesome it is to see this building full. It's been a long time since we've all been in here together, and it's good to be together today. Um, So Casey has asked me for years to speak Mother's Day, and for years I have turned him down. So he told me if I would speak with him this year just for 10 minutes. I said, okay, I can do that. So I promise you I will be short and I will be sweet. Um, But we are talking about this topic of faith. And I will tell you that um, I don't know how many years ago my principal at the time jumped on the John Gordon bandwagon where you pick your one word. So as a staff, we all had to pick our word for the year. And what you do is you pick your word instead of setting... um, useless New Year's resolutions, you pick a word and there's all these steps that you go through that you use to let that word kind of guide you through the year. Well, that was the year that I had just been told by the doctors that I couldn't run anymore. And Kelly, she's another building. Kelly and I were training for a half marathon and I was determined that doctor was crazy. And so my word for the year was limitless because nothing was going to stop me from that race. I did finish that race. I didn't finish it well, and I haven't run since. But (laughs) since then, every year, I've kind of picked a word. And some years, like that year, I truly did follow the steps. And I did let that word kind of lead me and guide me. And then other years, I really didn't. Well, coming out of 2020, which has been the absolute craziest year I think we've ever experienced, I was like, Lord, I I think I need something. Help me. Help me. There's a lot going on. Give me a word for this year. So I kind of had seen a few things and kind of seen faith and I'd kind of seen faith. I thought, well, maybe faith is where I need to, I need to be looking at it. And then Nadia, oh, she's not there anymore. Nadia popped up that very same day. She had on a necklace and it has, it was a cross and it had faith on it. And I thought, Hmm, may, maybe, maybe that's it. So for the start of this year, I started studying faith. Now I will tell you that everything I'm going to share today, none of it's mine. Um, so most of what, um, I'm going to share in my 10 minutes is, um, from either Rick Warren or from Christine Kane. And both of them just happened to start the year posting. If you get posts from them, if you get devotions from them, both of them have been talking about faith. So if you don't follow them, I encourage you to do so. But faith to begin with faith is actually, it means just to completely trust To be completely confident in someone or something. To put your hope in someone else. So before you can understand faith, you have to understand hope. Hebrews Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So before we can understand what faith means, we have to understand what hope is in order to have that assurance. So when you look at hope, hope means the desire for something. That's it. The desire for something. Well, that's great. But then that means you've got to understand what desire means. Because if you're going to go from faith to hope to understand the process, then you have to look at the word desire. And all desire is, is a feeling of want. Now, 
Psalm 37, 4 tells us to delight ourselves in the Lord and he will give us the desires of our heart. Now, I will tell you that that verse is very much misinterpreted. And many, many years ago, Pastor Don, you preached on that verse. And you preached about how that verse is misinterpreted. And that has stayed with me for years. And how really, that's great if your desire is for stuff. And that's great if your desire is for things. But that's not what that verse is about. That verse is about our desires, the desires of our heart, matching the desires that God has for our lives. Okay? So... Ever since that Sunday, Pastor Don, I have prayed for years, and I have prayed for years, God, give me the desires of your heart. Make the desires of my heart match yours. Because that's the only way I can get to where I'm supposed to be. It's the only way I can live the life I'm supposed to live is if I'm walking in your will and I'm walking in your plan. You know, in youth ministry... We get asked all the time, well, I want to know God's will for my life. I want to know God's plan for my life. Well, let me tell you, then ask God to give you the desires that he has for your life and then pray that God will give you the desires of your heart. And I think that you'll see that you're going to walk and you're going to stay in his plan. So ever since then, Pastor Don, that's been my prayer. That's, I won't say daily, but pretty close to it. God, make the desires of my heart match the desires that you have for me. And as a result of that, I have truly seen my life change. I have seen my desires change. I have seen my goals for my life change. And I feel like I do know God's plan to a degree. And I have seen a lot of those things fulfilled. And I've seen them come to fruition. So here's the deal. First, you've got to make your desires line up with God's desires. Then you've got to ask him to give you the desires of your heart. And then you have to, we get to faith. You have to have faith to believe, as Mr. Leland told me this morning, that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Now, Mr. Leland stopped me. This is not part of my 10 minutes, but Mr. Leland stopped me with an amazing story this morning. So if you, you need some encouragement today, talk to Mr. Leland after church. He's got a story about faith. Anyway, so faith. So there are three things that I want to very quickly share with you about faith. First of all, is that faith is extravagant. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we can think or ask and some translations or imagine. Sometimes we think that, you know, God's not concerned with the, the big things. Sometimes we think that God's not concerned with the little things. Let me tell you, God's concerned with every aspect of your life. And it's okay to trust him for the big things of your life. It's okay. If he can do more than we can think or imagine, then it's okay to trust him to be extravagant. It's okay to trust him to do the extravagant in your life and in your family's lives and in your children's lives. That's okay. So don't, don't sell God short. And don't sell his ability to take care of you and your family and your life because you are afraid to ask for the extravagant. Because it says he can do more exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we asked, what we believe. Second part of faith is that faith is expectant. 
Now, there are lots of things in our lives that we cannot control. We cannot control where we were born. We cannot control our family. You know, my sister is here and I'm so excited that she is here today. But I didn't choose her. I mean, I'm glad that God chose her, right? Because <laughs> she takes really good care of me. But my point is there are things in your life you, you cannot control. But there are things in your life that you can control and that you choose to control. Now, the Bible tells, in the Bible, there are over 7,000 promises that God has made to us. Over 7,000. But here's the deal. You control how much you believe in those promises. You control what level of faith you choose to believe that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Right, Mr. Leland? That's what he said this morning to me. So it's up to you. What do you expect? Faith is expectant. If you're asking God for things, if you're asking God to fulfill the desires of your heart, then you got to believe that he's going to do that. And that's the level of faith that a lot of times we don't walk in. You know, when, when we're expecting a gift or we're expecting a child, we're excited and we talk about it. But a lot of times when we're expecting things from God, it's kind of like, well, God said he was going to do that. I hope he does. I don't know. Maybe one day. I don't know. That's not expectant speech. That's not speech filled with faith. So I encourage you. If you're waiting on God, that's okay. But speak positivity, speak life, be expectant. So faith is expectant. Faith is extravagant. And finally, faith is even if. And that's not the one anybody wants to hear. We like the expectant. We like the extra, I like the extravagant. But y'all, sometimes things don't go the way we planned. And I'm a planner and I don't like it when things don't go the way I've planned. I got a million to-do lists everywhere, every corner of my life, including this book. Okay. But sometimes they don't go as planned. Sometimes things that we expect, things that we want, they don't happen. Or maybe they don't happen when we thought they would happen, when they would happen. And we had to wait longer than we planned. We went through that with Lindsay. When we adopted Lindsay, it was supposed to be six months. It was three years later. That's an even if faith. Because there were days when I wanted to throw in the towel and say, forget this. But my goodness, I'm so glad I didn't. Because if I had of, I still might would have a child, but I wouldn't have that child because she wasn't even born. So my point is, and that was not even part of my... 10 minutes. My point is, even if faith is the faith that gets us through those trials, those hurts, those hard days, and those disappointments, even if faith is the kind of faith that says, God, I am not giving up no matter what, even if, even if things change, even if things don't go the way that I planned, I'm not giving up. So as I close, whatever you're believing for, first, make sure your desires match God's desires. Make sure that the desires of your heart are the desires of his heart. Then ask him to do just that, to give you those desires, to fulfill those desires. Then believe in faith, in a faith that is expectant, 
in a faith that is extravagant, and in a faith that understands that even if things don't go the way I planned, I'm not going to lose heart. I'm not going to lose hope. And I'm not going to lose faith. Because my God promised that he would do these things. The Bible tells us that, that God is not a man that he can lie. But sometimes we cut him short before he has the opportunity to fulfill the things he's called us to. That was, that was awesome. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And, and as she was talking, I began to think, wait a minute, I remember a Mother's Day Sunday where she did speak. So I guess if Pastor Don asks, uh, she'll do it. So I guess I should have asked him to ask her uh, to do it all these years. A lot of times with faith, we talk about taking uh, steps of faith, and uh, and those steps, uh, we you know, a lot of times we just don't want steps; we want leaps of faith. And and when I when I think of leaps of uh, a leap of faith, the first thing comes to my mind. I think we have it uh, on the video here of what a step of faith looks like. Anybody watch Indiana Jones growing up? That when we take steps of faith, we may not know what's in front of us, but God does. And that's a great visual of what it is to take steps of faith in our life. All of us in here, we, uh, we faith and trust in God that, uh, you know, he will be here. I remember the first time uh, when I was traveling with the, the drama team and I had been uh, just, uh, uh, I had not been in charge the year before. And when you're not in charge, you can just play around and do whatever, right? Uh, and then you're in charge. And I, I was fine being in charge. I was leading the team, this, that, and the other. But I remember all of a sudden this incredible fear as we sat down after worship at a church. And I knew they were about to say, welcome, Casey Mills and the players. And I remember in my 20-year-old level of faith, I prayed a prayer. It's probably not very respectful. It's probably not the right way to pray. But I said, Lord, when I walk up there, you better be there. <laughs> And I think he understood my heart at that moment in time. And sure enough, uh, he, uh, he was there and he always has been there. And uh, the truth is, uh, you know, we, leaps of faith really only happen when we're willing to take those steps of faith. There, some of us in here today, you, you maybe never have really studied your word. And today, God's stirring in your heart. I need to start taking that step of faith. Maybe I've never gotten involved in serving and using my gifts and my talents. I, I need to take that step of faith. Uh, and you have no idea what those steps will uh, lead to. Uh, you know, and, uh, and we walk by faith, not by sight. And, uh, and, I, and I thought about what uh, Judy uh, mentioned about even if faith. Uh, we In the book of uh, Hebrews, chapter 11, there's a story of all the heroes of faith. You know that? By faith, Moses did this. By faith, Abraham did this. And all that kind of stuff. And it's all these victorious things there. But when you get to the end of the passage of Scripture, you see it was by faith this one was martyred. This one was killed. This one did not shrink back. And all this kind of stuff. So the end result is in God's hands. But we step in faith knowing that no matter what we face, what we go through, He is there 
with us in our lives. And, and, and for all, all of us in here who are believers in Christ, you, you may feel like nothing is happening, but I want you to understand steps of obedience and steps of faith in your life, striving to be like Jesus. You know, no big fanfare, no, no big lights, uh, none of that kind of stuff. Your obedience to follow the will of God and the word of God is taking you places in your life that you never dreamed possible. And it's in those steps that you will look back one day and you will say, oh my goodness, look what the Lord has done in my life. Now, uh, I am an old man now because my children tell me that. I know that. Yes. And so uh, now that I'm old, I like to look back at the old days. And uh, I look back and I see, uh, I look at my life and I see so many little steps of faith that I had no idea. I was making a decision, that, but I didn't realize it was actually changing the trajectory of my life. Okay? And, and you may want to, this afternoon, uh, think about your journey with the Lord and the steps that led you to where uh, you are. I just uh, began to think of, uh, of some of them. Uh, Bethel Cares Ministry that we have here at Bethel Worship Center. It is, it is such an awesome ministry in this community to so many families. We have so many uh, awful, awesome people who have ministered and continue to minister in that ministry. But I remember uh, when we started it, me and Pastor Javen alternating every other day with two kids. It didn't seem so awesome then. But I think about with all of these things as I look back, I, I think about what Zacharias said. Who dares, or God said to Zacharias, who dares despise the day of small things? We have no idea. God is doing significant things in our lives. So we need to have that mindset. God is doing significant things in my life. It may just seem like a little step. If you're a young believer, it may seem like you're going three steps forward and two steps back. But you are moving forward and becoming who Jesus wants you to be in your life. I remember in college, the, 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 there was an opportunity to be a part of the drama team. You know, I took a step to do that. I didn't know that was going to change the trajectory of my life. I didn't know it was going to take me all different places throughout the country. I didn't know. Uh, and that's where Russ Cobb and I became very good friends. And the reason why we became friends is because anytime there was a trip, we would both sign up because we were both poor. And we knew that would be three meals every day that we would get to eat. You want to go minister at this church? Oh, yeah, I do. They're going to cook. All right. See, God even gets you to the right motivation eventually, right? I think about um, a friend, my friend that I've shared many times here. Uh, his name was Jeff Horn. He, went to be a he was going to be a missionary in Haiti. He got married on a Saturday. We buried him the next Sunday from a car crash. Tragic thing. Then they said there's a, a trip going to Haiti to go and build the church there in this community, in this region, in his honor. I signed up for that trip. I'd never been, uh, you know, anywhere uh, overseas or anything like that. I took that step of faith. God transformed me uh, so wonderfully. He changed my whole way of looking at life from that uh, trip to the beautiful nation of Haiti and those beautiful people there who love the Lord. He, he moved in me powerfully in, in such a way. And not only that, I didn't realize what he was doing. He was creating a culture of missions in me that when we came here and became a part of this ministry, this church has now touched nations all over the globe and has had nations come here because of a little step of faith. 
Judy mentioned the adoption uh, as well. Uh, even me getting her as my wife, it was, you know, it was, yes, it was a miracle, you know. But I could have sat back on that rainy night in Georgia, but I made my move there at the moment in time. And thankfully, she said yes. She loves it, doesn't she? Uh, I'm so thankful, that's for sure. That's for sure. And uh, and so I encourage you to, you may not be old like me, but uh, look back and look at the steps of the journey, and I bet you will see God's hands was guiding and directing you. I bet you'll see and you'll look back and you may think you not have you have you haven't grown in your faith at all, but now you may look back and say, Oh wow, look what look what the Lord has done. Look at how He has moved in my life uh, and grown me and matured me in such a powerful way. And so, you know, we, we need faith to, we need to his we need to walk in faith so that we can uh, follow him and uh, become who he wants us to be uh, in our lives and take those steps of faith. And those steps of faith I encourage you, they are taking you to places, they are taking you to new places in your life. In Jesus' name, I encourage you. Lord, I pray that over the people of this house today. Steps of faith, God. Steps of faith. Let's stand together real quick here for a moment. I want to pray over you. I I felt stirred in my prayer for this time together for a couple things here. And with your head bowed and your eyes closed and you praying and meditating to the Lord... These were the two things that stirred in my heart to pray about today. If you're in here today and you need faith to step out in, in, those, uh, in the steps that God wants you to take, to guide you. You know He's been leading you, He's been directing you. And you need faith in, uh, to, you need faith to rise up in you, to activate in you, so that you can walk, it, so you can let go of whatever you need to walk, let go of and walk in those steps that you need to. Or secondly... Uh, you don't know what the steps of your life are right now. You, you need Jesus right now to come in and assure you that He is actually taking you in the steps that are going to take you to the places where He designed for you to be. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, before I pray here, is there anybody here who would just slip up your hand and you say, I need God right now. I need Him to guide my steps in a very powerful way. Amen. Or I know I'm taking the wrong steps right now and I need Him to turn me around and get my steps going the way they need to be. Father, today I thank you, Lord. I thank you for each person that is in this house. I thank you, Lord, for every uh, soul that is watching online, every person that's in here. And Lord, as we have uh, talked about what it is to walk in faith, to live by faith, and and to, to trust in you and the steps of our lives. I pray for people who are looking for the steps they need to take, God. Uh, steps that are, are going to bring them maybe out of some things in their life. Uh, it will bring them into some new things in their life. For each one who raised their hand or maybe the one who didn't, but they're, they're praying right now. I ask that even in this day, God, that you would give them some direction through your word. You would give them direction through your Holy Spirit. You would give them direction from counsel from others. And that you would guide and direct their steps, Lord. And I pray for those who know today that they are walking in the wrong steps. They are walking, their steps are taking them places that they don't want to be. Right now in the name of Jesus, in the power of Jesus, I ask God that your convicted, your loving conviction would come and would say, today is the day that I take another step. I turn around and I'm going to start walking another way, Lord. We know when we come to you, Lord, we, our lives, we make a 180, God. We were walking one way. We got saved by the grace of Jesus and we are now walking a new way in him. 
And so, God, I just pray that. I pray over the soul that's online watching. I pray for every soul in here. And I pray, God, that we would that we would be mindful of the steps that we are taking, the choices we're making, because uh, you want to guide those steps and order those steps so that we can be everything that you want us to be. And we thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you'd be seated for one more moment, please. This morning, I need to uh, share with you something uh, very special, very important uh, as in regards to steps of faith. Uh, my wife, Judy, has been teaching special education for 26 years, 26 years, and we have been here almost 29 years. That is, uh, not many last that long, and she is an awesome teacher, just like so many awesome teachers that we have here at BWC. We are truly blessed, church to have the people that we have in our community making a difference. A couple years ago, uh, Judy's been doing teaching uh, college students, you know, and um, when they would come to the classroom, all that kind of stuff, God began to stir a passion within her uh, to be a teacher of teachers. Am I saying it right? Okay, baby, we'll make sure. Uh, And so she began to take a step uh, to be able to be a teacher of teachers. You're going to have to have a doctorate. So she took a step of faith and, and signed up with Gardner-Webb uh, University. And, uh, and, and, that's, uh, and so she became a college student again while still teaching a full-time job and raising uh, our children and having to deal with me uh, as well, as well as serving in this church and preschool and all the other different ministries that are there. Uh, she's just amazing to me. And I am here to tell you today that uh, as she has come to the end of this journey, uh, we didn't know exactly what was going to take place, but God had opened a door uh, at Emmanuel College where she and I both went to school. And there's a jo- there was a job opening in the School of Education. And a couple weeks ago, uh, she signed a contract to be a professor at Emmanuel College in their School of Education. And so we are so thankful for that. So I'm assuming all of you heard Georgia in that as well. Uh, So that means we are now taking a step of faith uh, as a family. uh, And and we have already made preparations for this day today uh, to share with you that uh, at the end of uh, July, uh, that is when we will be heading uh, to set up shop for the new academic year. This is a step of faith. Uh, everything about it is. It's less money in every way, shape, or form. In fact, I got to find a job. Uh, 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 you know, all of these different things are, are going to be taking place. Uh, but today, uh, I wanted to share with you, um, and I know this is a you know, difficult time, but I'm so glad we're able to all be here for this today, uh, that on April 8th, uh, the council uh, accepted uh, my resignation uh, to be the lead pastor uh, at BWC. And today I am incredibly excited to let you know that council, along with the blessing of uh, Bishop Amos, has appointed uh, Pastor Javen Proctor as the new lead pastor of Bethel Worship Center. And I'd like for him and Jenny to come at this time. I'd like for Pastor Don and Miss Darlene if they would come as well. Now I will say this. Uh, 
the, on the uh, 18th, I believe, on a Sunday night, we're going to have a retirement celebration for Judy and I. So this is not goodbye. I'm starting a series next week on Time to Dream Again. I hope all of you will be here. Uh, and then on the 25th of July, we will be officially installing uh, Pastor Javen and Jenny as the lead pastors here at BWC. And I have asked Pastor Don if he would come and he would pray uh, to uh, this and anything he feels God's laid on his heart to share at this time. Could you turn the lights up just so I can see everybody's face? I'm like Judy now. It's so good to be able to be back together as a body of Christ. This is the way it's supposed to be. I am so full of emotions. I'd like to just put this in a historical context, if I may. This church began in 1928, just a couple of houses up from where we are today. My father pastored this church from 1948 to 1951. We were in a little small, white frame, wooden building. There is a floor joist, a piece of it, over in the foyer of the offices, if you want to see it sometime, that has a picture of the first deacons and the first pastor of Bethel. And that picture includes my father and one of my uncles who were both two of the first deacons of this church. I came to pastor here in 1985 never ever realizing after pastoring in five different states that I would end up back in South Carolina and especially that I would end up at my home church. Pastor Javen will be the third generation of our family to Pastor Bethel. And I'm just so thankful that God has raised him up for such a time as this. He has been here for 20 years, hard as that is to believe. He came here with great reluctance. I remember the night that we were having a prayer meeting with a district. Other churches from the Columbia area were here. And we had told the person who was leading prayer, we're looking for a new youth pastor. Pastor Case is going to be elevated to executive pastor. And Pastor Javen was sitting back there saying, please do not, please do not call on me to stand in, to be prayed over as a youth pastor for this church. I do not want to go to Camden. I do not want to go to Bethel. And sure enough, the lady said, Pastor Javen, why don't you come forward and stand in for the new youth pastor that they're praying for? Well, if you need a sign from heaven, I guess he got his sign from heaven. But in 1992, we were searching for a youth pastor. And I called the conference superintendent, Terry Fowler, and I said, "Uh, Terry, I'm looking for a youth pastor. He said, well, I've got one. He said, he just did our youth camp. He's a wonderful young man. And I mentioned his name to some of the kids, including my son and some of the other ones who had gone to youth camp. And 
they had just fallen in love with Pastor Casey. He came here. We were worshiping in the gym. We had outgrown the building, the red brick building. We were in the gym because of the growth, and we were building this sanctuary. Pastor Casey is a visionary. It was his vision to start the daycare. It was his vision to start the after-school program. It was his vision to bring Pastor Raymond on staff. It was his vision to pay off the debt of this church in 10 years. And God honored and completed that. In 10 years, we paid off all of the debt of this church. I have never served with anyone more faithful than Casey Wayne Mills. He has been by my side every step of the way. I love him and Judy like my own kids. They are family to us. They are dear and precious to us. Of course, I have to love Javen. He's my nephew. But I love Jenny too and I love their children and I love Casey and Judy's children. But I love this church. And I'm going to ask you today to make a commitment that you are going to stand behind God's choice. Because this is the way transition is supposed to take place. Terry Fowler said to me one time, he said, I wish all of the churches in our denomination would follow the pattern that Bethel has followed and raise up its own leadership within the house to take over the body so that the body is not given over to some stranger who has no clue about the people, doesn't know anything about anyone. And we have been able to do that. And for that, I'm extremely grateful. And I want these two couples to step forward with my wife and I. And I'm going to pray over them. I want you to, if you would, just stretch out your hand towards them. We want to pray over Pastor Casey and Miss Judy and their future. We want to pray over Pastor Javen and Miss Jenny and what God has in store for Bethel through their leadership. Precious Father God in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of having been able to serve with Pastor Casey for so many years and to be a part of his ministry in his life and a citizen of his ministry for the last 10 years and a half years he is a faithful servant and his wife is a faithful woman of God you have chosen a new path and direction for their lives Judy has worked and studied and planned for this day and you have honored her with this professorship 
at Emmanuel College. And we bless both of them as they go from this place in the near future. That your hand of anointing and power would be upon them. That you would open the right door for Pastor Casey. That he would find the place that you have designed for him. I believe with all my heart, God, that there's a place there that he will serve. That you will open that door and he will walk in the steps that God prepares before him. Because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And we just bless them with every spiritual blessing from Christ Jesus in their lives. Lord, I thank you that in this hour, as we make this transitional period from Pastor Casey's leadership to Pastor Javen's leadership, that you would anoint he and Jenny with a new and fresh vision for this house that you would give him the divine plan of God for this community for this county and for this church and that we would move forward in faith knowing that you will go before us and you will prepare the way for us and we are believing you God for a harvest of souls for the kingdom of God we believe that the kingdom is coming we believe that there is going to be a release of harvest for this church we believe it is part of the prophetic promise of God and we believe that you're going to use Pastor Javen to fulfill that prophetic vision God for this house and release that anointing on his life that he needs in this hour to lead the body of Christ into the days that are ahead of us. We do not know what is ahead of us. We do not know nationally what's ahead of us. We do not know as regards pandemic or other plagues or pestilences that are coming. But we know that we serve a God who is faithful and we know that His church will not fail. He said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never fail. And His church is built upon the firm foundation of the faith of God. And the church of the living God will outlast everything else. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. Lord, we thank you for your presence, for your anointing. We thank you for your approval on this transition. And we commit the future by faith into the hands of the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccamden.com, go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to request prayer or send us anything that you uh, would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.